Good evening, and welcome to our nightly broadcast. It is Tuesday. Week has started. We're not quite to hump day yet, but we're almost there. And uh, it's good to be with you tonight. We want to welcome everyone, especially our first-time viewers, but also our 325th-time viewers, our 132nd-time viewers, and all the other ones in between. We are so glad and thankful for the people, not only the ones who are brand new to us, new friends, but also the ones who have stuck with us, who we know well, and we are glad to have you here tonight also. Um, if you want to get more information about what we're doing, go to newarkupc.info, where you can find information about all kinds of various things we're doing, things at your disposal, small groups, kids groups, teen groups, uh, prayer requests, baptism requests, all kinds of things. So just go spend a little time browsing around newarkupc.info, and I think you'll be uh, pleased with what you find there. We are going to start with prayer and then start our week. Dear God, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for the technology that allows us to do this. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are joined with me tonight. I thank you for the opportunity for us to share your word. Bless us tonight, help us each to go away a little different, and a little better than when we gathered. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Sunday was Easter. I think everybody knows that. Hope you didn't miss that. Sunday was Easter, Resurrection Sunday. This is the day as a Christian, we have an extra lift in our step. Our, our soul kind of cries out, hallelujah he is risen and we celebrate not only his sacrifice for us but the fact that he didn't stay in the grave um but that's not where i left you on saturday night saturday night we were still talking about a religion for losers so let's do a a little review and uh, as I start into this story, please do as I asked you to do on Saturday night. And if you can, imagine that you haven't heard this story before. I know that's hard to do because it's a basic foundation of our faith. But if you can do the best you can and try to imagine you haven't heard this very common and uncommon story. So um, Jesus' followers were losers. We learned that last week. They were chumps instead of champs. Jesus himself did things that would have, in any normal circumstance, put him in the loser category. These were duds, flops, failures, any way you want to put it. Well, Saturday, I primarily used the Gospel of Mark. Tonight, I'm going to switch over to the Gospel of Luke and I will also be using the version, the translation of the Bible, the message. If I'm telling a story, I really like the way the message puts it. If I'm doing research, I will go more toward a the Net Bible, the New English translation or something like that with notes and all those things. But if you're going to tell a story or if you're going to read a story, I highly recommend the message. So 
Saturday night, when I left you, we were with the women. We talked about the disciples deserting and what losers they were. We talked about the women and how they followed him. They literally followed the tragedy. We were literally, well, not quite literally because we weren't in his footsteps, but we were following the tragedy that Jesus' life had become. So let's pick up there. You remember the male disciples had cut and run. They had run off pell-mell, helter-skelter, uh, off into the night and were nowhere to be found. Jesus carries his cross, uh, probably the cross beam of the cross, up to Skull Hill or Golgotha. And Luke 23, 27 reads, A huge crowd of people followed, along with women weeping, and carrying on. So we see these women following him up to Calvary. So uh, let's pick up there. At the site of the crucifixion, there was a three hour darkness, like pitch black, can't see your hand in front of your face, darkness in the middle of the day. The very thick veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom of its own accord uh, meaning there was no human person there with scissors or tearing it at it. Jesus cries out, it is finished. There's some other things that happens. But in a very sad moment, Jesus dies on the cross. Next, we find this. Luke 23, 49 tells us those who knew Jesus well along with the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a respectful distance and kept vigil. So we have these women who all the way through, all the way until after he has died, are with him. Who were these women followers? A dis the word disciple simply means follower. So who were these disciples? Um, if you want more details about the particulars of which women were there, as much as we know anyway, you can watch my broadcasts from Saturday. I, uh, I think that would be good to tie into this lesson because this is kind of, you've jumped in on part two of, of the lesson. But um, basically to, to do a synopsis, these women were women who had been healed of evil spirits and illnesses. And they were also just other followers, disciples who had joined along the way, some of whom were wealthy. Uh, a review of the context of a New Testament woman. The Gospels talk about several women. They're usually not the protagonist, or sometimes they are the main character in a story, but they usually don't say much. And there is a reason for that. The, the New Testament woman was considered to be the property of a man in her life. Starting out her life, it would be her father. Then it would either transfer to her husband or a brother if her father died or her husband died. So she was always considered to be the property, literally the property of someone else, a man. She would for all of her life be under the authority of that man so if you think about it, slaves could be set free or actually in that context, a lot of times there was an opportunity at least for them to buy themselves free. 
little boys who were considered, you know, children weren't real high on the pecking order either, but the boys would grow up. The woman, she would always be the property of some man. She was not allowed to divorce her husband. He had the rights and she was her, she was his property to mistreat her in all kinds of ways. And she had no option to divorce him legally. He could divorce her. Uh, she could not participate in the worship in synagogues. She could not enter the temple beyond the court of women, which was not the inside of the temple by any stretch. She could not even touch the scriptures because that would be considered, she would defile the scriptures. She could not talk with much, talk with men much at all. She was supposed to stay in her home uh, most of the time. And uh, when she was out in public, she certainly wasn't supposed to be talking to men it was kind of a be seen and not heard, except we really would rather not even see you. So the, the one that I want to focus on tonight, though, or bring your attention especially, is that she could not testify in court. Her word was not um, accepted to be honorable or reliable enough to testify in the court of law at that time. Women, as I said, were the lowest in society. Even we do have some stories of, of queen mothers, for instance, that had a lot of power, but still these women were the lowest of the low in society, no matter how much money they had or whatever. And these particular women were disobeying the societal rules. They were outside of their houses. They were traveling around the countryside with Jesus. They were hanging out with men they were learning. You could get the story of Mary at Jesus' feet, and he quite encourages that and scolds Martha because she's in the kitchen taking care of things and, and is gruntled that Mary is, is not helping her. Well, if you look through the eyes of the time, Mary was the one who was out of line. Women weren't supposed to learn and certainly not scriptural things, not godly things. Um, they were supposed to be unseen in the kitchen, but um, Jesus broke that convention. So these women, the lowest in society, because they were out breaking the rules of society for women, they would have been considered lower on, on the low side of, the, of even the women. But Jesus had a different idea. He had a different opinion about these followers, these disciples. These women were true disciples. Um, he had a different opinion about these people who others would have called losers. They were faithful and he didn't have a problem with the fact that they had female body parts. Bible, the Bible teaches us that the genders are distinct and God made us to be different. We can physically do different things we think differently and we have different emotional aspects. These are generalizations. There are exceptions. Each of us has some tendencies to do things that are generally considered the traits of the opposite sex, but um, we, we are different and God made us that way, but he made us male and female in his image. We women are formed in his image 
as well. So with some slow reading, we'll find that the story really breaks up these ideas of societal gender roles. So God made us, he formed us to be different and distinct by our gender, but he didn't assign to us these societal roles. If we look through the Bible, we'll find examples of what did happen, but we won't necessarily find uh, too many I, too many scriptures telling us what Jesus said about what women should be doing and what men should be doing. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that. So we have to make sure that we're separating out culture from the scripture. So God made us different, but he didn't necessarily define what that meant. He came to fulfill the law, to fulfill that love your neighbor as yourself. And in the process of that, he respected and he cared about the women in his life. That care mixed with the truth that he was, the truth that he knew, equalized these women's roles with men. He came to redeem and save and release the people society had doomed to be losers, including these women. And when the men had all scurred off like roaches when the light comes on, um, these women followed him all the way, all the way. They saw him tortured. They saw him crucified. They saw him die. And then once he was dead, Joseph would have been a rich man because we read that he he's from the village of Arimathea and he requests Pilate to give him possession of the body. I say he was a rich man because he had a tomb, a rich man's tomb. So Luke 23, 55 through 56 says, the women who had been companions of Jesus from Galilee followed along. This is with them. Joseph takes Jesus down off the cross and is carrying him. Someone is carrying him to this tomb. They saw the tomb where Jesus' body was placed, these women did. And then they went back to prepare burial spices and perfumes. They rested quietly on the Sabbath as commanded. So this would have been a family tomb. Usually crucifixion victims in Rome or wherever else, a lot of times were simply left on the cross to rot. And this is disgusting, but have the birds do away with the body, this kind of thing. Um, however, in Judea, they their law would not let them do that, their religious law. So they would take the crucifixion victims down and usually put them in a mass grave. Um, we read about Judas and the, the 30 pieces of silver buying a potter's field. It would have been that kind of a thing uh, if Joseph of Arimathea had not offered his tomb. So you think about that, that would have been a very different resurrection story with him actually buried under the ground. But we didn't have that because Joseph of Arimathea lends, he thought he was giving use of his tomb, but it was only a short time. It was temporary. So 
normally also somebody when they buried anyone not in the potter's field but otherwise buried them in one of these rock cut tombs they would have buried him at that time they would have done the whole spices and preparation of the body whatever that was before and during the burial previous to closing up the tomb but the sabbath was upon them the scripture says and they didn't have time to do it properly so they put jesus in the tomb they rolled the rock in front of the tomb to keep the animals out and that kind of thing and then they went away to do the sabbath luke 24 1 through 8 tells us after the sabbath at the crack of dawn on sunday the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared they found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb so they walked in remember you haven't heard this story before just a little note there but once inside they couldn't find the body of the master jesus remember these women have seen him die they have seen him buried they know where he was buried they came and saw him put in this tomb they know he was here and they know he was dead then out of nowhere it seemed two men light cascading over them stood there the women were awestruck and bowed down in worship the men said these two men that were there why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery he is not here but raised up remember how he told you when you were still back in galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners be killed on a cross and in three days rise up then they remember jesus words other the other gospel accounts tell of jesus appearing to the women just following their visit to the tomb they tell different versions of precisely to which women and where the first appearances appearance was but it's definitely to safe to say that according to them all after the resurrection jesus appeared first to women here's a little free message oftentimes when we do what is in front of us when we do what we know to do such as somebody needs to anoint jesus body let's do that sometimes jesus gives us a plot twist and shows up and exceeds our furthest expectations that was a little free message luke 24 9 through 12 says they left the tomb and broke the news of all this to the eleven and the rest mary magdalene joanna who we read in another place was a wealthy woman at the wife of chusa herod's manager um, mary the mother of james and the other women with them kept telling these things to the apostles but the apostles didn't believe a word of it they thought they were making it all up remember women were not allowed to testify in court their word was not assumed to be true but peter jumped to his feet and ran to the tomb he stooped to look in and saw a few great grave clothes that's all he walked away puzzled shaking his head jesus didn't care that these women weren't allowed to testify in court he knew that they would tell the truth he didn't care they were considered second class. He didn't care that their word wasn't important. They weren't even supposed to be talking to these men according to society. He didn't mind that their role in society was to be in their house, not running around the countryside uh, with a, this troop of men. He, it didn't bother him at all. He saw their faithfulness. He was their creator, their father, 
their God. He came to redeem them, to pay for their sins, to set them free from oppression, including that of society. And all these things, just like he did for men. Uh, freeing women didn't mean putting men in bondage. He came to set everyone free. Then in Acts, which is a sequel to Luke, we see them still following. They're still disciples. In Acts 1.14, they, the disciples, agreed they were in this for good, completely together in prayer, the women included, also Jesus' mother Mary and his brothers. And all throughout Acts and the epistles, we see women doing all kinds of things not expected in that society. But you see, Jesus isn't impressed or distressed by how others see you. He is concerned if you are following him. It, it, he isn't bothered if you're breaking societal norms. He cares that you're serving him, doing what he created you for. He isn't impressed if others consider you a loser. Why? Because you're not. You're not a loser. Why? Because your purchase price, the price it took to buy your soul, the purchase price of your sins, not even your best parts, was the blood of the God of all creation. Christianity is a religion for losers because Jesus, God in the flesh, made himself look like a loser and came to give redemption for us true losers because we were losers without him. He came to save us losers. He came to restore us losers. He came to give redemption to us losers. So we, all of us losers by society's standards, can shout, hallelujah, he is risen. So as you go about your day tomorrow, carry yourself a little differently. You are a loser or you were a loser, but you're made in the image of God. And he has saved you. He has redeemed you. He has bought you back. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. So thank you for joining. Again, if you want to check out what we're doing, if you need any information, if you're one of those been here 315 time people, but want a little more clarification of what's going on, we've kind of changed our small group schedules. All of that is on newarkupc.info, and you can find that there. We can, you can also join the prayer team. You can partner in giving, all of those things at newarkupc.info. And for those of you with Tuesday night small groups, tonight is the night. I'll see you on there in a little bit. Have a good night.